Welcome to the Deconstructionist Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, John Williamson. And this is Adam Narlock. And we have a special guest on today. Uh, (laughs) For those of you who have been following us since the beginning, this will be kind of funny maybe for some of you since uh, we we kind of... uh, uh, I would say lightly, mildly teased a little. Oh my gosh. At the very beginning, you know, in regards to our uh, youthful upbringing. Yes. Uh, so we have a very special guest that we were, uh, our, our youth-like uh, excitement, to say the least, <laughs> came to the surface when we got uh, the one and only Kevin Max. Unbelievable. From possibly the largest, most popular Christian band of all time, DC Talk. Yes. I mean, when you think of Christianity in the 90s, if you don't think DC Talk, you weren't raised in Christianity in the 90s. And (laughs) the thing I love about having this guy on, and really the reason that I wanted to get him, is A, he's very intelligent, he's very well-spoken, and he is not one of those guys that has not been through some deconstruction. He has challenged the system that he came out of. I mean, you know, you'll hear some of this in the interview, coming out of Liberty University, just getting thrown into this Christian celebrity culture, but then also having that sort of, not really abruptly, but like, yeah, it ended, and then what? And there's a lot of just deconstruction that comes from that. So he does a great job of throwing a critical eye on some of the weirdness of Christian culture and just the celebrity weirdness and and living and being a part of that, but also being just a living, breathing human being with issues and complications and doubts and struggles. And this is just a really refreshing, raw, inside look at the whole scene. Yeah. And it's, it's super interesting, I think, to me, like when we were talking to him, just to hear somebody who... I mean, you thought if you thought your own personal journey uh, or deconstruction was unique, mm. I mean, think of it from this guy's perspective, where he is in one of the biggest bands at the time. I mean, they were they were crossed over to the mainstream Massive. on MTV, yeah. selling out arenas, yeah. and this guy's got to go through his own journey of of questioning and doubts and struggles, like Adam said, um, while on this tour bus, yeah. And making, I'm sure, tons of money and selling millions of albums. And I mean, just how bizarre. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's like the whole thing. Everybody knows what happens to, in Hollywood, the the child star. You know, we even talk about like, oh, child star syndrome. You know, there you go. It's like too much, too fast, too soon. And here you've got a guy that I think you're going to be shocked at how, how grounded, how wise, how just insightful he is. And just how freaking human. Just a human, just a just a guy, just a, a good dude. And man, I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm, I'm excited for everybody to hear this. This is, this is cool. If you were raised in or around Christianity in the 1990s, you are really going to enjoy this. This is the only, by the way, John, this is the only guest that when I told my sister that we were interviewing a member of DC Talk, specifically Kevin Max, because that was her favorite. I think that was almost everybody's Dude, that favorite. Dude, he was my favorite too. Yeah, because he's incredible. I mean, his yeah. voice is insane. And we're going to play some of his music on this episode because he's got a new album out, and it's very progressive. It's very artistic. Yeah. Um, and he's just got a big rock voice that just shines on this record. So 
That's all I got, man. Yeah. So, I mean, those of you that remember DC Talk, I mean, these guys sold millions of albums. Uh, they won four Grammy Awards, countless Dove Awards. And then, of course, uh, you know, Kevin's continued to do albums through a solo career. And his newest album that just came out is called uh, Playing Games with the Shadow. Mm. And uh, really just cool album. And it's getting a lot of uh, critical love online. So mm-hmm. check that out. Yeah. Um, like Adam said, if you like any of those songs, check the show notes and uh, go there and, and help support Kevin. And um, as you'll hear him say in the interview, like Kevin's got like a ton of live shows, it sounds yeah. like coming up. Yeah. So um, you can definitely check him out and uh, and see any of his uh, live this, shows. And this is a slightly edited episode. Why is that, Adam? Well, I mean, normally we don't like edit episodes. They're yeah. just, you know, raw and you, what you see is what you get. But there was some news that hit last week where DC Talk blocked us. We got DC Talk blocked. We sure did. And we had to revisit some issues. And just so you guys know, hang in there because we do kind of splice that in to the conversation and Kevin gets very raw and very real and and John handles that part of uh, the interview. So definitely some news coming at you. That's, I think that's what everybody wants, right? <laughs> yeah, you guys want to know the, the inside scoop. want to know the inside scoop. Yep. So. so without further ado, Kevin Max. Here we go. So I think with, with all of our guests, the best place to start is is really start from the beginning. And so um, maybe you could walk us through a little bit about your your upbringing. You know, kind of where you're from originally. I know you're you're a Michigan man, just like I am. And uh, talk yeah. talk a little bit about um, maybe the way you were raised, religiously or not religiously, and and kind of the the roots of Kevin Max. Got it. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I mean. You- kind of have to go back to Grand Rapids, Michigan for the beginning of that. I mean, I was adopted when I was a baby, um, adopted into a great family. Um, and my parents were very, um, wonderful salt of the earth people. Um, very church oriented. Um, my dad was a businessman. He worked for Deloitte Touche accounting firm. Um, and he would work downtown Grand Rapids during the day, put on his three-piece suit, you know, and go down to Deloitte Touche. And then in the evenings, come back and, and, and put on his cowboy hat and, and jean jacket and go out to the, to the barn and feed horses and cows. And so I grew up um, in a rural area outside of Grand Rapids in a place called Cascade. Um, and so I kind of had the best of both worlds. You know, I had, you know, we'd go down to the city to do stuff and we'd go to Detroit to watch Detroit Tiger baseball games and, nice. you know, I'd see concerts and stuff. But then I would, you know, I had the wonderful opportunity of growing up on a farm, you know, where I would ride dirt bikes and horses and, and uh, my brother and I would, you know, it really was just my family and another family on, the, on a dirt road um, about, you know, 30 minutes outside of town. So wow. <clears throat> um, I had a lot of time to kind of read and listen to music and get into my own thoughts. And it's basically out of that, a little bit of isolation that I started to really become interested in, in music and in, and in literature and, mm. and the, okay. and the arts. And, 
I'd say it's also around the same time because we, we were brought up going to church that I, that I started, you know, really questioning what that was. And I had a lot of questions. I've always had a lot of questions. I have lo- lots of questions. Good. Um, <laughs> that's that's, and, that's uh, very apropos. Yeah. Still, I have, I have more now than I ever have. Yeah. Yeah. So good. It's, good. it's kind of like, um, you know, they, I was brought up in a Christian home. It's kind of a cliche scenario in some ways. Sure. Um, came to know, uh, the, the truth about Christ when I was young, totally believed it, um, became a, a Christian. Um, but I was kind of, again, I read, I, I, you know, read the scripture because I grew up reading the scripture, you know, around church and family and everything else. Yeah. Youth group. But I was all, always interested in kind of the, the mystery and the dark stuff too. And mm, I, would, I would read yeah. a lot of like Dude. Frank Herbert and Stephen King and Anne Rice. Yes. And, oh, I love and, that stuff. Um, and, you know, actually it was Frank Herbert and Tolkien and probably William Blake and all those kind of authors that, that kind of, in a way, shaped my imagination. Um, and I was writing songs, you know, way before college before I started my first band and then then eventually met Michael and Toby. So it's kind of like I was, I was definitely interested in, you know, kind of the, the more mysterious uh, works of, of literature and poetry. And then also that, that kind of carried over into music too. I, I had a taste for, you know, I, I was born in 67. I'm graduated in 85. And so I listened, you know, I, 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 I said this in, in an interview a little while ago that um, if it hadn't have been for one of my neighbors close by introducing me to like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and David Bowie, mm. yeah, um, I would have been in trouble, you know, cause you know, my parents listened to, I, 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 I can't even tell you, like, <laughs> um, I, I don't even know some of the names of the people they listened to, but I, I remember my mom, you know, singing, around the house to Annie Murray. You know, oh, so yeah. Kind of like, yes. Yeah. I need to do it. I need to do escape to my room and, and, <laughs> and, and listen to the Smiths, you know what I mean? And, 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 and the cure. And that was like my, yeah, that was me. That was me, you know, <laughs> basically hiding from my parents, um, at night watching Friday night videos. This is pre MTV. Right. Right. You know, and then when MTV came along, I mean, you know, I started, my mind was blown by people like Billy Idol and Duran Duran. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh wow. I mean, that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, so yes, I had these aspirations to become, I don't know, a, an amalgamation of Duran Duran and David Bowie. And then I went to a Christian college at the, um, you know, basically at the prompting of my parents and, and, um, Got kicked out my first semester at Liberty, which wasn't very hard to do. Wait, you went <laughs> to then, Liberty? Uh, That's so funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I went to Liberty University um, in 85, 80, or 86. Um, but, you know, I came back the next year. You know, I kind of did some heart, some soul searching, you know, came back defeated. My dad wasn't very happy with me, mm-hmm. um, worked around the farm and and just was like, you know, do you, do you, he was like, do you really want to do this? Cause if you want to do this, you need to shape up. You know what I mean? You need, need, right. need me, you need to either decide you, you want to go this road or you want to go somewhere else. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to finish this out. Yeah. And so yeah. I made a heart change and I decided to hang around people that weren't going to necessarily get me in trouble. And, uh, that's when I met Michael and Toby, the, uh, so you met those guys the at guys Liberty. That, 
I met him at Liberty. Yep. Oh, I did wow. not he, um, know that DC Talk was a product of Liberty University, man. Yeah. That should yeah. be we, that should be advertised formed, more. Say it again. That should be advertised more. Yeah, yeah you oh, think man, Liberty. They, aver- they, they advertised the, the stink out of that back Oh, day, you're probably right, you know? man. I was too young for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, I mean, no, I have nothing, nothing against Liberty University. It, it, there was a lot of great people there. Sure, man. Um, Absolutely. Great memories there. You know, not necessarily agree with everything they taught and um, right. still don't. But um, I, had to, I had a lot of really great relationships. And, and um, you know, so when I met Michael and Toby, I had no concept of Christian music. And, um, you know, I knew I knew music that were in the hymnals and I knew music that you sang in choir, but I didn't really know much about contemporary Christian music. And um, that was kind of like my and then it became, you know, a whirlwind of inundation to the whole, you know, industry. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Um, we want to talk more about that in a little bit, but keep going. Yeah. Well, that was, that, that, that's, so that started my journey into that world. You know, um, again, I, I was, I grew up with a huge imagination. Um, and then I was kind of sucked into this world of Christian music. And I, and at first I was like, really kind of, I don't, I don't understand it. Sure. I really didn't understand how, Toby's brand of hip hop and and um, singing was gonna gonna be anything. <laughs> yeah. I used to, you know, just think, man. I mean, this is gonna like tank and like, you know, after after three or four performances, and I'm gonna go back to looking for a rock and roll band. Right, you know? right, yeah. And it just hap- It just kept getting more and more popular, and so um, I learned a lesson. You know, <laughs> what, yeah. what what other what other people like isn't exactly what i like it is right? such so, a mystery man it is such a mystery you never know so anyways that's it in a nutshell i mean we you know i'd say the second chapter would be me talking about all those years of being on the road with dc talk which are kind of um they're kind of out there for everybody to see i mean yeah you know, we 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 believed wholeheartedly in what we did sure yeah um you know i you know, like anybody, I had my ups and downs as a Christian. Yeah. Um, really was never like a church kind of a kid. I was more, I, I had to go to church, I was forced to kind of go to church. Sure. But I never really was really interested in it that much. And so, but but to, to see behind the veil of every church in America on the road with, with DC Ooh. Talk was definitely an eye-opener. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and um, you know a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of devil talk, a lot of all that, but you know, people are people too, you know? So it's kind of like, I never had anything against that culture. And I didn't really know that it was a growing industry at that time. I mean, right. we just, we thought, Hey, let's get out there and, and, um, do the best we can. And, and, um, I think, you know, it wasn't until probably around the middle of our career that we started noticing, wow, we're, we're actually, we're actually doing something, you know? Um, and people, we're being impacted and, and, um, vastly, man. Were, I was one of them. Yeah. I was one of them, man. You, got, you guys touched me, man. The passion and the, the excitement, the enthusiasm, the, just the, the belief that poured through in the music and the performances. Absolutely, man. You should feel proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. I mean, I look back on it and I think I was a young man and I didn't really know anything else, but, but I think that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm always excited. And, uh, absolutely. You know, I think that, um, I honestly think that, you know, it kind of shaped me in a really cool way to what I do right now, which is the, the kind of music that I make now today 
would be probably termed more general market, and I'm fine with that because sure. I'm not I'm I'm not really lyrically I'm not writing the songs that are going to really be played on radio to, per se within the Christian industry. Sure, yeah. and I'm probably a little too alternative or weird to be played on general market radio. So <laughs> I've always been, you know. The weird guy or hey, strange guy. Most of whatever. my favorite bands are just like that, man. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a it's been a it's been a learning curve, and I'm going to be 50 next year, and I'm still learning. You know what I mean? So, I mean, for for me, it's like, man. I mean, you can only just you you take what you've been through, and you and you try to uh, become a better person, and you and, and and as an artist, you try to make better art. Absolutely. Yeah, time. Absolutely. Definitely. From from my perspective. And if you're not, you're 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 failing because right. you might be hugely successful, but if you're not if you're not pushing yourself, if you're not, you know, um progressing, my opinion is you're yeah. you, you become even though you might be making making big bank, you're not you're not successful because mm. you're not changing. Shadows to a prodigal drum Hopeful in the waiting for your grace to come I know I don't deserve it But I'll stay here all night long Somewhere in the distance is a reason to care I think what you just said is, is uh, um, a great way to segue into to, to the next question I was going to ask you Which is, um, obviously in, your, in the early career of DC Talk uh, you know, when you guys were first starting out, you're obviously a very young man. You know, all, all three of you coming out of college and and uh, you know, kind of starting out. The the style of music that you guys played is vastly different from kind of where you guys ended up in the late '90s, early 2000s. And so maybe you could talk a little bit about what what was that like? Because in 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 those days, I'll be honest, I was uh, I was a young man as well, and just starting college, and I had no idea there was this whole Christian subculture, you know, Christian punk music, Christian alternative yeah. music. Yeah. And and it seemed like coming out of the 80s, that was still kind of forming in a way. And Definitely. And and so talk, maybe you could talk a little bit about what that was like, kind of entering into that that new era of, of Christian subculture and and going through basically your, your manhood, you know, uh, Man, that's a great question. You know, your manhood <laughs> on the on the road, you're selling out these giant arenas in front of thousands of fans. That's got to be a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely from my perspective it was a little bit of a bubble, you know, what I mean, because we never we were just we were on the road animals. I mean, we were always on the road. Yeah. I mean, and and it was really hard to like think of my life during my 20s and early 30s as anything less than being constantly on a tour bus or on a stage. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have to say that there probably wasn't a whole lot of, um, re real maturity happening then it was more <laughs> or less, you know, uh, becoming better at my craft, you know, but I wouldn't say that I was, you know, extremely mature with relationships or, or my worldview or anything. I mean, I felt like I was growing, but I was growing quite slowly because again, you, my life was, being on a tour bus, getting on a stage, performing to the best of my abilities, and then coming back and resting for a couple of days and going back at it again. Wow, you know, so, man, no space you know, to you grow. Know, life experience at that point was, you know, uh, entertaining people. Totally. Um, but when when we kind of slowed down and we decided to 
you know, go, go our separate ways. I mean, I, I started really living life and I think that's, um, you know, when, when I went, um, from being a solo artist and, you know, um, I went through a divorce and it was, it was a tough time and, and we're, we're really great friends today. Um, oh, that's but great. It, it was a, it was a rough time for me. And, and so I, I left Nashville and I, and I went, I went to Los Angeles kind of in search of myself. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it was those years of being in LA for about four years. I really came to grips with who I was, you know, because I, I hadn't really had time to kind of figure out who I was, mm. um, on the road with DC talk. So man, yeah, I look back and I think, man, if I only had, you know, maybe communicated more or reached out more, I probably would have been a, a bit more mature and, and, um, I would have been able to be better at relationships. Um, I'm, I'm obvious. I'm, if you can look into my stuff or not, I don't know if you follow me that closely, but yeah, you can yeah. tell that I'm happily married. I'm, yep. Yeah, absolutely. I've been over 10 years to, to, to Amanda. And we've had just an amazing life Four beautiful kids. Yeah. And I feel like I'm still growing, um, and learning, um, in, in a really great season of my life. Um, that's so cool, I'm, man. I'm not, you know, I'm not in a bubble anymore. I'm, oh, I've, that's beautiful. I've actually jumped out of the bubble conscientiously i've made the i made the decision to jump out of the bubble yes um that's kind of what we're all about man yeah i mean it's it's kind of it's hard for me to say that it was um anything other than me just being contrary and uh people were like oh man that guy's difficult to work with and kind of coming to terms with who i was as a person on my own and then realizing, oh, it wasn't that much difficult to work with. I just, I just didn't know who I was. Yeah, you were, you were, you were suffocating. Yeah, I was, it was a little bit of that. And you know, if you could imagine, like, <clears throat> almost kind of like child actors, where they grow up in this bubble where they're, yeah, you know, they're constantly on TV, and then when their their careers are over and they and they go off the deep end because they've never really had any close friends or anything, it's it's a little bit of that comparison. Sure, man, absolutely, uh, but. But not 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 so much. But you know, it's like um, I have a lot to thank DC Talk for because we definitely uh, we 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 forged some really great memories. And the, and the and the three of us as brothers will always be brothers, even even if we might not see eye to eye um, on everything. We might not be on the same page musically. Whatever, We're, we'll always be brothers. Totally, and that can never be changed. And so that's. Um, that's something I can be really thankful for. Um, that's so, so cool. yeah, I, I don't know if I'm answering the, the question no, the way you was, want me to, or that was perfect. But that's kind of, that's, you know, I'm, I'm at this place in my life now where I look back at all that and I think, wow, I mean, that was like a whirlwind literally. And yeah. I can't, I can't imagine doing it like that now with these four kids. And that's why I've made a real decision to just kind of slow down and, you know, try to do more music from my house yeah. And, um, good for you. You know, the last two records have been made, you know, at my, in my office. And then I, I farmed the, uh, the songs out to other producers. This record playing games with the shadow is, um, definitely an alternative general market album. Um, I've written all of this record on, on my synth and my piano and no other co-writers. And it's just been so freeing, you know, it's like, I'm, I wake up, every morning and go, okay, what am I going to do now? Man, that's, that's incredible. Awesome. After everything yeah. you've been through, I bet that's a liberating experience. Definitely. 
definitely. It could man, get me into cool. trouble. <laughs> sure, but, um, sure, right, sure. Hey, you know what, man? Trouble, you that's know? that's uh, sometimes the best deep breaths in life are when you're getting into trouble, you know? <laughs> yeah. Getting into a little bit of trouble. So one of the things I'm kind of curious about, and you've touched on it, but I wonder if you dive a little deeper with us. So we're a podcast that's all about sort of worldview evolution, that one of the things about going through life is that what you're handed at one point, once you kind of wake up and start to look at it, uh, and that's a different place for everyone. Sounds like it was a different place for you just because of your experience as a young man. Um, but our worldviews have to evolve and they end up evolving. And uh, you're kind of sharing autobiographically like right now. But how have your experiences through all these kinds of stages led you through your own sort of process of questioning, wrestling, um, looking at new versions of life and faith and spirituality, the kind of the concept that we call deconstruction? How is that... Uh, how has that shaped out with you? Um, I think it's been a very natural progression for me because I've, I walked away from, you know, a very, very uh, lucrative business and industry to, to try to figure out what I wanted to make on my own. Wow. And, you know, and for many, many years, for better, for worse, created some independent art that um, you know, didn't sell as big as what I thought it would, but it, but it brought me to places under, of understanding of who I was and and what I wanted to say and what I believed in. Hmm. And, um, you know, I haven't stopped reading. I haven't stopped listening. I haven't stopped. Um, I, I think I've lived more life in those years away from DC talk than I did when I was with them. And so I've, I've almost lived like two lifetimes yeah, I feel like I'm now I'm, um, I'm, um, more, much more of a well-rounded individual when it comes to knowing what I believe in. And, 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 um, you know, I'm still, I've still got a lot of questions. Um, I still, um, you know, I'm constantly intrigued by the mystery of God. I'm not really, um, I'm not really, you know, interested in religion. I've never really have been. Sure. I'm not really interested in the corporate versions of that. I'm not no. really interested in corporate church. And so I but I've I've learned on my own what what inspires me and what what keeps me going. And so um yeah I've I've kind of deconstructed myself over the years. Oh that's what it's all about, by, man. Yeah. By being by just just being true and being honest to who who I am. And I think that that's easier said than done. I mean, it's really, it's really hard to say no to the quick cash and it's really hard to say no to the easy alliances that might, you know, pop up, um, because of what, of who I've, who I've been and what I've been, I've gone through. And so I actually talk about that a lot in the song on this album called the resounding. No is the name of the song. (laughs) And, uh, it, it really talks about, not giving in to the easy way of doing things, you know, and kind of going after what you truly believe in for better or for worse, you know? So, yeah, one of the things that you're, you're touching on that we wanted to kind of, you know, progress in this interview is um, you mentioned being in a bubble and then how coming out of that bubble, you had to kind of, you know, take a look at yourself and go through almost this, this process of deconstruction. Uh, one of the things we think a lot of our listeners, ourselves included, and it sounds like you kind of are introduced to at some point is this idea that we kind of call belief by proxy, meaning there is this corporate, institutionalized, structured 
thing out there that is putting pressure on you or me or the listener to believe this and not question it. Mm-hmm. And maybe talk a little bit about how um, this this big thing that especially we have in America, but now with the internet, it's pretty much gone global, that we've got this, this machine, we've got this thing, you know, call it the matrix, call it a structure, call it the institutionalized, religious, whatever, but it's impending this uh, this pressure, this burden upon all of us that call ourselves religious or whatever to 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 slip into this stream or that stream or you're right over here or you're wrong over there. And you know, can you could talk about that pressure better than almost anybody I've ever met? And I'd love it if you would kind of get into some of that a little bit. Wow. Yeah. I mean, man, it, that's a that's a this is a long discussion, and I think we'd have to hit on some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we'd have to hit on some real. I, I don't know. I call them pulse points. Like you'd have to really get detailed about what, where I'm at, where I'm at, and why I'm at. Sure, I'm at. sure. So yeah. It's kind of, um, in a nutshell, um, it, for me, um, I've kind of read it all and I've lived it all, and it's it's kind of, you know, no, knowing what feels. In your, in your spirit, knowing what feels right to you and what doesn't. And I think there is a, mm. there is a, a, a spiritual um, voice that we either suppress or that we feed. And I think that if we suppress it long enough, we're just going to follow the crowd. You know, wow, yeah. that's good, I man. think if we feed it, then we're going to, we, we're going to be more in tune to that spiritual voice. And that spiritual voice, in my, my opinion, is the mystery of God. And that, and that is, um, Dude, that's great. You know, that's, that's educational because, you know, that's truly the thing that I always search for. I mean, and, and, and so, um, to, I guess in, in, in a better way of saying it, um, if you, if I could give somebody a book to read when it comes to being in music and, and being true to themselves and still being a believer, you know, I would say there's a book by Francis Schaeffer called How Should We Then Live? Oh, you know? oh wow. Yeah. I got it on my shelf right here. Yeah. Yeah, the rise and decline of Western thought and culture. It's kind of like epic. Um, he was talking about how, I mean, as you know, he was talking about how you know back in back in the uh, in the day in the Renaissance, you know, these 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 believe these believing artists would create these monumental works of art that were inspirational to the whole world. You know, now we're kind of, you know, and, and I want to say we, I'd say the majority of believers that are making art are kind of following trends and making homogenized, you know, versions of what's already been put out there. I think that that's my issue. I mean, and we can talk about that all day long, how bad it is. I think, I think it's because people have not disconnected or have not deconstructed themselves or they haven't taken the blue pill. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to use Absolutely. The matrix, I love it. Oh, you know, it's we so got, true. We got to throw the matrix in there, dude. Yeah, yeah you have absolutely. to. You can't have a spiritual discussion in 21st century America without referencing the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that it's easier said than done. I mean, man, I feel for some of these young artists, I, I can only talk about from my, you know, sphere, my sphere of, of music and trade. And that is, you know, I feel bad for some of these artists that, you know, you can tell they're very artistic and they're, and they're wanting to make some big statements, but they, they can't because they have to be a part 
of a label or a company to make money. And oh, I think man. that that is the deception. Yes. I think once they can, you know, get out of that cloud and go, man, I, I can really do this without having to, to follow these rules and regulations, man. things get more interesting. And I think you have to also live a little bit of life. There is a journey that everybody has to take. And I think, um, God speaks to us along the way through the journey. Yes. Um, I think very few are able to get it all figured out right away. Mm. And I, 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 I yeah. will be the first one to say that I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. And, you know. um, you know, I was brought up learning the Bible inside and out. So, um, man, I mean, it's just a big, it's a big contextual conversation right there. It's like, yeah, yeah yep. how do you, how do you break free and, and, and be an individual and really own, you know, your own truth, but not in a way of being humanistic. I'm saying knowing what you really believe in and why you believe it is a process, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I think living life, I think trying to be real, I think trying to be honest with yourself, not giving in to everything that everybody else is trying to feed you and um, trying to, you know, grow and progress and, and change. I mean, um, and be, become better. You know, I think that anytime that there's some stagnation going on, uh, there, there's, there's a problem. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, in the music world, again, in my sphere of music and trade, it seems like there's a lot of people in stagnation that are being very successful. But mm. that's because people are so used to being fed a certain thing. Absolutely. That whenever they, they get something else on their plate, they, they shun it. It's like my little kid who, you know, we tried to get to give them a sushi roll. Of course, not raw, raw fish right away. But, you know, we're, we're just like, here, try a California roll because, you know, there's nothing, you know, you'll, you'll like this. Of course, the, the first taste is, no, no, thank you. I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> right, but, right. you know, if they try it, they might like it. And then, and then they've learned all about sushi. Absolutely. A so, whole new world opens up. Yeah, man. That's good, a, that's good stuff. In a musical world full of meat and potatoes, I mean, there are some other dishes to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, man. Uh, Great answer. Agree. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, the next question I, I had for you, because I thought this was really interesting. I was reading another interview that you did not too long ago, and you mentioned in the interview that Christian artists like really need to be more honest about the real issues in life. And I know you brought up um, your divorce in that interview. And do you do you still feel that way? And if so, do you even do you think that if artists in general were just more honest about um, the real struggles and issues within life do you even think that we would have christian music or would it just be artists being honest about the real things that they're dealing with in life that's a really great question i think that um i think that's 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 somewhat i think there's some truth to that for sure i mean i think that um you know the more transparent you are the more you can really connect to people right mm, I that's think good the, i think the thing that's that's got me, my, my mind always kind of, I boggle at, at this all the time is, you know, the, the whole idea of, of the worship scene. It's like, it takes away communication between people and it's, um, that's good, it, man. You know, I mean, it's kind of like it, it becomes, I hate to use this word, but a malaise to me, you know, it becomes, you know, such a, 
it's it sounds the same, it feels the same. Yeah. And yeah. and that does nothing for me when it comes to a worship context. It's like actually the opposite for me. If I can sit down and really get honest and transparent with another person, then I feel like I mean, I can, you know, go to a place with the creator and and ask some of those deep questions and 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 be transparent with the creator and 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 get real. I, I feel like um I don't know. I'm but I'm weird though because I, I I got brought up in music before the whole worship thing happened. So yeah, for sure. Um, I think you're hitting on a chord, you know, man. I mean, I know I feel that way, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm a teaching pastor in a church, and that is a struggle, man, because. Everyone wants glitz and glam, and everybody wants uh, you know Hillsong and Matt Redman, and you know nothing against that. I actually love that kind of stuff, but when it becomes a formula, yeah, when yeah, it becomes that. an on-off switch, yeah, you you've sucked the mystery out. You're not inviting people into mystery. You're you're, you're formulatizing it. Absolutely. So that's 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 the uh, that's the statement that I was trying to get to, and you answered it for me. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, crap! Whoa! <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm still trying to figure it out, man. So yeah, good, dude. That's good. beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I just know what I know, and I know what I like, and um, you know, it. I seem to be in a minority, and and I don't know why that is. Doesn't matter. Now, now talking to you guys, it seems like we're, you know, right in the same you know, flux. So yeah, totally. Um, totally. My question would be, so if we're enlightened, have we all taken the blue pill and all <laughs> those people that are still taking the red pill, you know, can, can we help them? You, you know? know, the tricky thing about that is as soon as you think you're the one that took the blue pill, there's like uh, a superiority thing that I think creeps into my heart that I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm the enlightened one and everybody else is just, and it, there may be even truth to that, but for some reason I shy away from it I shy away from thinking I'm the enlightened one. Well, there is definitely there is definitely a narcissist narcissism to being intellectual. Yeah, you know. Yep. And I mean, I think yeah, there is a when you start to intellectualize things. Yes. You 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 look down at the rest of the world with pity. You know, right. and um, that's kind of a bad place to be as well. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think it's just about helping other people get out of that, um, you know, that rut, that's just kind of like, that's, why do you listen to that? Why do you like that? Why do you read that? Why do you like that? Why do you watch that? Why do you like that? Why do you go here? Why do you like just asking questions as opposed to saying, well, you're completely wrong because of this. I mean, um, it's, uh, it's easier to just condemn than it is to try to be a friend. And, um, true. Yeah. I completely uh, agree. Yeah, I find myself on that on that page many times, but I I have the I have the the what I like to call a high class problem of being <laughs> able to put those thoughts thoughts into poetry. You know what I mean? So yeah. I mean people 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 don't have to take me literally. When when I, when I'm writing a book, I'm scared because then sure. then your thoughts are black and white. Yeah, That's absolutely. True. I can I can hide behind a little bit of a cloud of of poetic rambling um, <laughs> and. And, you know, you guys are shooting it straight. And so when I think there's more and more need for this in the world, and I, I feel like it's happening, I can tell from your, you know, standpoint, from Brendan's standpoint, a lot of people that are starting to ask questions, and I think it's a wonderful thing. It and the more, more that we yeah. can ask questions and not think that we have all the answers, I think the more conversations that can come about. 
You know, it seems like all the true illuminaries in life, whether you want to, you know, look at Socrates, who was on the scene before Christ, if you want to look at Jesus himself, you want to look at the Buddha, if you want to look at any of these people, they were people that came out into the world with eyes open asking questions and it got them into a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I yeah. mean, you know, Jesus is a great example. I mean, you know, Jesus today. I can't I can't imagine what Jesus would be like as a musician today. Uh, you know, it yeah. would be that's an interesting question. I, I right don't there. know. I mean, you know, he'd probably put Bob Dylan to shame. It would be like some kind of a um poetic, you know, um soul search. I don't know. You know, but it would be it wouldn't it wouldn't be radio, I can tell you that. No, no you're right about that, man. People <laughs> wouldn't want to hear it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> People tend to hate to hear the truth. That's that's. Oh, that's they hate. Fair. Well, the truth is traumatic. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the blue pill. I mean, we can hit it again. It is. It's totally traumatic. Yeah. Before the truth sets you free, it makes you miserable. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of things that I can that I can talk about that I struggle with. You know what I mean? But I I I like to do it in a in, in an individual scenario with 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 an individual person. I mean, when you get in a platform and you start talking about your deep, dark problems. I think that can be an issue too, though, because then you're, you know, you can cause people to question or doubt or stumble because of that. So there, there, there's kind of a line where I think you have to draw a little bit based on responsibility. I mean, you just can't, right, can't roll out there and say, yeah, yeah, I got the pro- I got a problem with this. Can you, can you, can, can you believe what I did last night? Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, you know, I don't think that, again, that's being gratuitous. And I think that, um, I don't know what an intellectual would say. An intellectual would probably say to keep that, you know, close, close to within, within the inner, inner circle of friends, you know? Absolutely. Um, I think that's just wisdom, right? There's a reason Jesus only chose 12. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's a reason that it was a small group. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. um, One of the things that uh, we'd love to hear some thoughts on that um, kind of coming at it from a, a deconstructionist standpoint, we don't just look at just faith, but we, we like to look at all of life. And something that I think you might have a really interesting vantage point on is this really weird thing, um, celebrity culture and specifically like religious celebrity culture. Um, you know, it's empirically linked in journals to eating disorders and depression and self-hate and bullying and this is mainly due to like an overexposure to these quote unquote perfect ideals that we are given, that we're exposed to. And then, then we, as uh, human beings who love comparison, we, we compare ourselves to these perfect ideals, these airbrushed, edited, photoshopped ideals. And I think that that has, uh, being somebody that grew up in celebrity culture and specifically Christian celebrity culture, um, I just see that, see that as a really uh, interesting thing that is kind of being pulled apart now, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. I, I really don't. Again, I'm, I don't listen to a lot of radio. I don't. Um, I don't really move in those circles, so I don't really know what Christian celebrity culture looks like these days. You yeah, know what I mean, like. Um, I, I know what you're saying in reference to me as growing up in DC talk. I mean, sure. Yeah. I think that part of it's really yucky. You know, it's like, it's like, well, 
I mean, but we we always took a stand, and and with songs like "What If I Stumble" to say, you know, don't look at us, you know. Wow. But, <laughs> what's interesting is there are a lot of people out there that's like, don't look at us, but like, look at us, you know, but don't look at us, but like, look at us. You know, don't, don't look, don't look at me, but buy my book. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah, absolutely. And, That's what I'm talking about. And, I mean, there's lots of pastors out there, you know, Hey, um, you know, in all humility though, I want to sell you my novel, you know what I mean? Or sell you my book. Yeah, um, totally. And that's a, it's rough because it's a, where do you draw the line? It's hard to say. I mean, I, I think it's between God and man. I think it's between woman and man. Yeah. Are between woman and God. I think it's between God and that individual. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, I don't follow Christian celebrity culture, so I wouldn't know what that is today. Um, can you give me an example and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll comment on it or, or maybe not. Well, um, I mean, no, like we don't, we definitely don't want to uh, come across. You don't want to talk about individuals. No. And, I, and I appreciate that. That's no. very respectful. That's totally not just, what we want to do I at think all. I, I know where you're going. And I think that that's kind of, you know, it's what I've been trying to say here. It's, it's, um, you know, it seems like a majority of people are wandering to a certain side because it's all they're fed. You know, it's right. all they're used yeah. to. Right. It's all they're used to seeing, from church to uh, books to music to movies. You know, and I think again when they when they uh, disconnect and start looking for themselves instead right. of, you know, what what my you know my my brother, my mother, my my youth group leader, my my uh, my uh, den captain, my 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 next door neighbor is telling me what to do. I mean, I feel like um, that's the beginning of understanding and being self-realized, you know? Yeah, man, that's a good um, call. It's that disconnection. But I, I'm, I've got to be careful with that because disconnecting can also carry a negative term. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not rebellion. It's just trying to figure out what you, what you truly believe and why you believe it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and for some people, I mean, they they need to read those mainstream books. I mean, that's that's what's going to get them energized and inspire them. For some people, such as myself, I, I, I go off the reservation a little bit, and I'm inspired by other things. So, totally, totally. Um, I really don't know how to answer that question. I saw that you posted that, and it was interesting because I got a lot of Twitter, you know, reactions. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I was surprised. What I was like, I, oh, my I, gosh. Kinda, it kind of got off base to me. I really didn't understand where people were going. I mean, I'll give you, you my know, interpretation of what I kind of what I thought people were trying to say because it's a kind of a question that I've always wondered. Just we're we're always from the outside looking in and you have a vantage point from being inside this sort of uh machine that It's a business. It, it is. It was yeah. a business. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It was a business and you have to understand. I mean, selling Jesus as a business is is ri- ridiculous and wrong. But it but it is a business. I mean, Jesus sells himself. You know, yes. like there's no reason for us to try to sell Jesus, you that's know, true. that's um, awesome. But I mean, that's where the, that's where the, the, uh, it, there's a, it gets, it gets a little convoluted because, you know, we're, we've been told through scripture to spread the good news. I think that's right. different than trying to package and sell something. I think it's, um, to sell the good news is, is, is more relational in my opinion and, yeah. and less about getting on a soapbox or trying to sell product with it. You know what I mean? I, I yes. feel like, um, whenever I see somebody profiting, you know, and majorly from, you know, creating something that, that is, you know, trying to, 
I don't know, creating, creating profit off of something that, you know, is specifically, you know, kind of that, again, that airbrushed vibe that you're talking about. It's, yeah. it's sickening. It's sickening to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, but all of us have to survive, make money, move forward. Totally. Um, and you know, your podcast, you know, in your mind, hopefully will become something and, and will and will garner enough, you know, uh, listeners to, to make a little dough for you. There's nothing wrong with that. No. I mean, you know. We'd like to pay for these uh, microphones right now. Yeah. They're on, they're on <laughs> yeah, a credit yeah. card. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're willing to start small. So. You, could, you, could, you could donate right now if you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take it. We're not ashamed. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't know. I don't know where the line is, but it, there's, there, there should be a line because some yeah. of the stuff I see out there being sold is, is, is ridiculous. And, um, you know, one of the interesting things that I always wondered uh, personally about this, you're kind of stepping aside from the question, but a little bit of a, like a, like an yeah, adjacent. I'm doing a, I'm doing a, a, two, a, a shuffle. <laughs> yeah, no, also. I am too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like the icky shuffle, yeah. you know, from back yeah. to the Bengals. Um, but I, I really don't know the answer to it. That's, that, that's the issue. Well, that's like honest. I, I wish, hey, I wish I did. I mean, I, I think that, you know, just listening to you, there's definitely a critique of the machine and a critique of anything that's trying to sell something transcendent and, and airbrush it. And, you know, like you said, yeah. it's like this sells itself, like grace sells itself. Like it's, you shouldn't have to, but at the same, one of the things I've always kind of wondered is where it's obviously, you know, if you look at, um, you know, really true, just radio pop music, not even Christian pop music, it's, it's unashamedly a product like Taylor Swift is incredible and she wants to Absolutely. sell a billion records. And I hope she does. I want to meet her. I hope she gets on the podcast. That'd be amazing. <laughs> But that is unashamedly business, whereas in Christianity, it always seemed to me like they were acting like they were doing it for, you know, for Jesus. A higher purpose. Yes. And and so, but then you, like, I mean, specifically you, Kevin, became a, uh, an avenue or a, uh, a channel for them to accomplish whatever goal they really had. And what I wonder is were you looked after or were you more like just uh, swept up in it? Like, did somebody really say like, man, you know, I know that this is a big machine, but I want to, I want you to know that like, I want to look after you. Like, I don't want you to get eaten up by this thing. Sure. That's a good question. I mean, you know, for the most part, I I would say there was a lot of mishandling and and a lot of like, you know, you're a commodity. I'm a lot of, and the music industry was different in those days too. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of individuality being, uh, uh, what, what I'm, what I'm saying is it, the music industry wasn't run by individuals. It was more run by labels yeah, and management right. yeah. and, you know, um, people in business. And so, you know, yeah, they had their agenda. So, you know, as long as the, 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 the kids up on the stage were doing their job, then, then we're happy and let's just keep them happy. You know, gotcha. but there was, a, there was, um, in our camp specifically, the DC talk camp, there was a great kind of, um, a great few people that came into the, 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 the fold, if you will. And, and, you know, we're, we're there to try to, you know, get to know us personally and to, to challenge us, um, and to hold us accountable. One of those guys was named Michael Guido. He was, he was, he was what they called a road pastor, which I've, you know, that, that term kind of rubs me wrong, but, but, but for what he was to us was somebody that challenged us every day to, you know, are, are you, are you believing what you're singing tonight? 
Oh man, you know, that's, wow. that, that's actually you, good to hear. You, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was some really deep discussion about that. We actually got in with another person that a lot of people know named Brendan Manning, who kind of shed a lot of light on Whoa. the subject of grace, yeah. of course. That yeah. He hung out with us quite a bit, came on the road. We we, we did some retreats with him. Holy cow, <laughs> and, man. Um, I didn't know that. Brendan Manning's an all-star. I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, he was he was very instrumental in, in, in making us understand, you know, that um, you know, grace is, is, is a huge concept, but it, it was something that, that was tangible and we could, we could, we could, we could understand it if we, if we really, uh, dug deep and understood the heart of God. And oh, man. again, he was some, he was somebody that really kind of outlined some of the mysteries of God, which I thought was incredible. I'm I mean, super was, jealous was, right now, man. I think, yeah. yeah. I think he was like one of our, you know, our generation, C.S. Lewis. Totally, you know? man. Um, Ragamuffin gospel split my head wide open. Yeah. <laughs> and it continues to for me. I mean, totally. I haven't read that in a while, but I, I, yeah. I need to. I need to go back to it, you know. Um, so, yeah, we did have the great benefit of having some some really interesting people that were trying to, you know, um, talk to us personally and get in, in connect with us on a personal level. But yes, there was also a bigger part of that that was more about the machine. It was about you know how many records we're going to sell, how how many dates are these guys going to do? When we get get out there and we gotta we gotta we gotta wrap the bus in this slogan, or we've gotta like we we really we really kind of um, I think we were one of the few groups in the '90s that really kind of even though we were those guys that were on the front cover of all the magazines, we 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 were definitely um, questioning it too. In, yeah, in, in a lot of our hear. lyrics. Yeah. So Jesus Freak is kind of full of stuff of, of, of saying, you know, don't look at us, you know, look, look, at, look at the one that we believe in, our, the, the example that, that we want to follow. Don't, but don't look at us. But it's hard to say that, right, when you're on a stage in front of 50,000 people. I yeah. mean, it's kind of it's ludicrous. Don't look at us, but hey, I hope those lights look perfect and you know, <laughs> the fog machine happens at the right moment. You know what I mean? And yeah. You'll, yeah you'll, cap, you'll, cap, you'll capture my, my, my moment of <laughs> complete reverence, you know, just perfectly. <laughs> and, I, and I did in 1999. So. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But honestly, we were, I mean, I, I know that, you know, there's a lot of people out there and he's full of crap, but um, no, we really believed, we really believe what we were talking about and singing about. And so it was a really wonderful time I mean, you know, like I said, I have more questions now I've ever had before. I have a lot more questions now than I than I than I did back then. But back then I was kind of swept up in a wave, you know? And so I understand it. I understand the people that are in the wave of modern worship. I get it because I was swept up into the wave of CCM. But I think God can meet you there as well as on the individual path, you know? So so yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the big the big reveal this week. So as as the listeners, I'm sure know, we've had a ton of people who have uh, you know uh, tweeted us and and uh, gotten on our Facebook page and stuff in anticipation of this big DC Talk announcement. Um, obviously, the internet was a buzz, uh, uh, and then of course the announcement came, and. Uh, uh, I think it's safe to say not not probably quite the response you, you guys expected, but um, yeah, well, well, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about that and and maybe the conversation that went on behind the scenes, you know, in anticipation of this this reunion. Definitely, yeah, man. Well, you know, it's like, I mean, 
I, I kind of knew that it was going to be, um, you know, either a, like not necessarily a train wreck, but you know, there's going to be a lot of people that, that would, you know, be not so happy because of, you know, the inclusion of that. But I also think that there's, um, there's a lot of people that aren't looking at it from the, from the angle that I'm looking at it or the way that Toby and Mike are looking at it. And that is, um, you know, it takes a lot to, to bring us together. And, um, it, it takes a lot of scheduling, a lot of thought process to, to do something at this magnitude, because, um, number one, I mean, we don't, we don't ever want to do something from a performance standpoint that, um, is any less than what we did back in the day. So, I mean, we had to choose very carefully what we could do in the time given to us. And, and, um, you know, I'm just saying this, this idea of a cruise was tossed at me. I didn't, obviously I didn't, uh, plan it. And I don't think, um, Michael or Toby really, really planned it as well. So in fact, I know they didn't. So it was, it was kind of like a, an idea that was tossed to us. And then we made the decision collectively that we thought that it would be cool because it's what we had on our tables at the moment, you know? Sure. And, um, I've told many people this, but you know, I'm, I'm only one, um, person in the equation, but, um, I think it's, I think there's hope for, for more after this. It's just, you know, you've got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I know that a lot of people wanted, you know, 20 cities or 30 cities. They wanted new product. You know, sure. if it were me, I, I want new product too. Of course I, I want to, I want to create albums cause that's what I do. But you also have to take into consideration that there's two other guys here with, you know, extremely, um, busy schedules and busy careers. And it's like all three of us combined have the most crazy, um, you know, personal schedules because, uh, Toby and I both have lots of kids. Um, we're always going, you know, I'm going project to project. I mean, so is he. And of course, you know, the newsboys do, you know, I don't know how many dates a year. So it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, we looked at it as like, wow, at least we can do something for now, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the people looked at it as like, this is the only thing we're ever going to get ever. And, right, um, right. you know, I, 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 it's a little bit of gloom and doom. Like for me, I mean, I just kind of looked at it as like, wow, I mean, okay, I get your feelings, but I mean, that's pretty like, uh, I mean, that's looking at the glass half empty for sure. Or I, I tend to look at the glass half full on life, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's a really great thought that people care that much about the band that they would get that up in arms about it. And (laughs) I've been like, I've been laughing my, my, my tail off looking at all the stuff online. I mean, I just think it's hilarious. I love all the, all the, um, the jokes and everything have been amazing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I probably would have said the same thing if it would have been the Smiths reuniting, you know what I mean? Which is my favorite band from the eighties. So it's like, that's the way I look at it in my mind. It's like, if my favorite band from the eighties, which was the Smiths decided to get together and they've been, they've been apart for longer than 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. And if they came out and they said, well, we're going to do a cruise, I'd be like, Really? But I, I guess I'm a little different in the fact that I wouldn't be slamming it because um, you never know what's around the corner. So true. Yeah. I give people a lot of grace in that scenario, and I get it. But I'd say, as one-third of the band, I'd just say, you know, there's hope that there's more. And I think that if people 
um, really come to the table on this one and really love what we do on this one, I think it'll obviously send a message to everybody involved, including the guys in the band, to management, to everyone, that, hey, we need to do more than this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, you know, for those of you that follow, follow you on social media, I think on your Facebook page, you even posted, you're like, look, I, I view this as a beginning, not an end. Um, and yeah. I think I think that was an important message. I think a lot of people, as you said, you know, um, had an immediate reaction. And, um, you know, I think, as you said, you, you've got to start somewhere. So have you have you gotten a chance to speak with the other two guys uh, after the announcement or no? Absolutely. I mean, we've spoken we've spoken through texts, you know, and and um you know the, the the truth is is uh, um the day after um the announcement happened i was flying down to orlando um okay. to be on relevant um to play two new songs from my album and talk about the new album so of course you know when all that news came out i mean that changed some of the discussion at relevant to um yeah. to being about this but yeah i mean i was really busy when it happened so i wasn't i wasn't able to be online all the time i mean I, I was privy to some of it but it's like i couldn't i couldn't read every last comment so yeah. um but yeah i got the general idea that the people weren't very happy and i think i think you know toby took the brunt of it i think i think he took it um i mean he's a he's a good sport obviously so he's he's like me he probably he probably laughed a lot of it off but i think <laughs> some of it you know got to him a little bit and he he had to realize you know there's a lot of people that were expecting something more and that's a, again, that's a positive thing for all of us because we had no idea how many people would, would bandy behind this. And the fact that there are so many people that are, that are so passionate about it, you know, that to me is, is, is a great, is a great sign, you know, and it's, um, it's actually really flattering. And, and, uh, again, it, it speaks to the, it speaks to the whole, you know, I hate to say the word legacy, but it speaks to our past of what we were, what we did and what we accomplished and, um, the heart of what the band was. And so none of us want to do cheesy, you know, uh, things that don't matter. Um, and I think cruises are kind of looked at like that, like, Oh, it's a cruise. It's a total cheese fest. You know, we, we looked at it as like an opportunity, you know, to be able to, um, perform shows together in a way that, that we could, um, we could bring along our families that we could yeah. bring along our own bands, you know, sure. and not have to sacrifice, you know, 30 cities right now, you know, sure. or, you know, and that's, and that's two to three months worth of being on the road. So, um, yeah, that's in a, that's in a nutshell. I'm not sure where it goes from there. <laughs> Interesting. So a uh, quick question for you. I know, I know this is something that's, that's come up, uh, on, on the internet. A lot of fans are asking for those who, who can't make it to the cruise. Is there, do you know, is there any plan to do any kind of live recording of, of the shows that you perform on the, on the cruise or no? Um, that hasn't been talked about in detail yet. Um, like I said, I mean, I pretty much just heard about the idea a, 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 a month ago or so about a okay. month and a half ago. Um, I know ne- I was never given a lot of details on it. So I think anything's possible. I think that would be something really cool to be able to do. A lot of that has to do with what kind of equipment is on board. You know, sure. you know what I mean? Like when it comes to recording, recording equipment, I mean, if they've got a really great audio board and it's, um, it's able to capture, you know, whatever we need, I think it'd be a really cool thing to do. Um, again, that's just my, 
my two cents. I mean, there's two other guys in the band that might think dip- differently, but, um, sure. yeah, I think that would be cool. I mean, for me, I would love to create something, uh, brand new, obviously. Yeah. It's, it's what I do every six months anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm restless, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, recording a, 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 a concert and I, I would guess that DC talk would be playing the majority of the hits, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's cool, but I'd love to, I'd love to do something new. Um, I know that I'll be playing a lot of the songs off my brand new album, playing games of the shadow. And, um, those will be some unique moments for me. I've got a really incredible band planned for that trip. And so for me, I can't wait to do that because it's, um, it'll be great to, to play these live in that kind of setting. I've only done one other cruise before and, um, it was pretty phenomenal. Like I, I didn't think I'd like it. And I got out there and I was just like, man, this is, this is incredible performing like this to people, you know, yeah. and you just know, the immediate kind of intimate responses there are really cool too. You know? Yeah, so yeah. I feel for the people that can't get on <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with them. And, and I, and I hope that there's, there's more than this. And I think the best way to make sure that there is, is just really get behind this and, and, um, you know, show the band that, that you're passionate. And I encourage people to do that in any way they can. And I think a, a lot of them have shown that already by getting on social media and, and, and showing everybody what the, how they feel, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I was really impressed as a as a fan uh, who grew up listening to you guys and seeing you guys live in concert. Um, I just thought it was really neat uh, the fact that there are so many passionate fans out there that that just are dying, you know, to see you know a potential new album or, or a new tour or whatever. Um, and and a lot of them just being a lot uh, younger fans, you know, fans that you know um, you know, may not have even been born yet, you know, at that point. You know, I thought that was just a really neat thing to see. So. So. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed a lot of really young people like weighing in on it, and I, 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 yeah. I had a laugh because it's like they 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 weren't even there the first time. So the right, fact that right. they're they're so passionate about it this time is is interesting to me. You That's got to be pretty pretty cool um, for you guys, though. Absolutely, man. I mean, yeah. like I said, if if nobody would have said anything and it would have gone over, you know, like a, um, you know, just kind of like passed by, and everybody's like, ah, whatever. Yeah. You know, that would have really surprised me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the fact that people got riled up and a lot of people got pissed off, it showed me that, um, people care, you know? Yeah. And, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> good, good luck with the tour or, you know, uh, I guess the, uh, the, the cruise and, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, the, we'll the, stay the, the, uh, the invisible tour. tour, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, at least you don't have to go to too many venues, you know, when you're aboard a cruise ship. So it's, uh, yeah, probably, I mean, well, yeah, thing. there's like probably three or four different places you can perform there. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Narrows it down a little bit, but no, I mean, we're, we're, uh, I think everybody's super excited. I'm still doing a lot of shows up until then. Um, I actually go out to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in Minnesota on June 18th playing at a festival. Um, Michael and the newsboys actually play after me. Um, oh, cool. and Peter Furler's playing, uh, around the same time I play. And so, you know, I'm getting out there quite a bit. I'm still doing some clubs. I'm actually doing some house shows, um, okay. that are connected to the pledge campaign. 
So I'm going to be out there doing a lot of, uh, a lot of gigs before that. So people can get the chance to come check me out. I will play some of the hits for them if they want. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, well, we can't wait. Free cruise. We will, uh, we will definitely put the, put the word out and, uh, try to get people out to, to some of those shows and, uh, talk about your new album and kind of what, what, what can fans, uh, expect and, uh, you know. Yes. Um, okay. So, so I'm self-managed and I, I'm, I'm myself, I'm on my own label. Nice. So let me, let me make my pitch to you. Uh, <laughs> okay. Here's my pitch. Do it. Yeah. Um, it's called playing games with the shadow. Okay. Again, it's, it's songs that are, I've written on my piano and my, and my synth by myself. And, um, I've had some really great people helping me finish the tunes. Um, like John Mark painter who, uh, just did the Steve Taylor perfect foil record. Okay. Um, wow. He also worked with Ben folds and yeah, yeah. he's uh, worked with Kings of Leon and lots of other bands. Really incredible artist. Um, man, that's so cool. He's producing for me. Um, I've got Adrian Ballou playing guitar for me. I don't know if you know who yeah. he was. Oh, yeah, he absolutely. did my record stereotype B. Yep. And he was a longtime David Bowie guitar player. Yeah. Am- awesome. Amazing, amazing guitar player, amazing friend. Doing some songs with a guy named Todd Mark Evans, who's a great friend of mine who lives here in town and and uh did some music with Lynn Nichols and and Dwayne Laring. They produced a couple of tracks. So even though I've written all these by myself, I'm kind of getting some of my friends to produce them and play on them. Dude, that's know? so cool. That's fun. You know, if you follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, uh, Kevin Max, for, uh, whatever that is, and then Twitter, Ke- uh, forward slash Kevin Max. And then we actually have a brand new site that we're starting to build called KevinMax.com, strangely enough. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's you know, great. So, so, so creative, um, <laughs> but honestly, I mean, it's just been such an incredible joy to create stuff without any kind of limitations oh, I bet, man. without anybody looking over the shoulder and going, oh, I wouldn't do that. Cause the last record I did was a, was a, I, I like to call it a, a, a um, a, a alternative psychedelic jazz record. Yep. Um, <laughs> And that was Starry Eye Surprise, and it's all songs about the night. So we put that out um, about six months ago, seven, five months ago. Yep. Um, And before that, of course, I did Broken Temples, which was, in my opinion, probably the last real, you know, CCM-esque album um, that I would be doing for some time because I came off the road with Audio Adrenaline and I felt the need to just kind of, you know, keep some of those listeners with me and not like, you know, hit them over the, the head with my, my strange influences, but, but kind of <laughs> keep them listening for a little bit longer. So, yeah. cool, so broken temples was kind of a bridge <laughs> record. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, I'm creating and it's, I'm having the, the time of my life doing it. That's beautiful. Few man. Shows here and there. Um, people, um, if they keep in touch through kevinmax.com or, or the Facebooks and stuff, they'll see shows coming through. Um, and, uh, man, just trying to be a good dad, trying to be a good husband. Oh, that's um, beautiful. But also trying to be a good artist. So this album, I, I'm, I feel very strongly about it because I, I feel like it's, it's very much written and performed from a very pure standpoint, from a very purest standpoint as an artist. I'm not hiding behind anything. So there's going to be some songs in here that are, will get people um, talking, which I think is, is good. We're all and about that. Man. Asking, yeah. <laughs> they're asking some questions 
And, you know, just like you guys, I don't, I don't name anybody individually because I think that's wrong. Um, but, um, I think we have to talk about the, 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 the stuff that matters. Totally. And yeah. Transparent. Yeah, man. And be I love that. each other. The system is flawed, you know? So yeah, you said something a minute ago that I'm going to totally tweet out and quote you because it was beautiful, man. You said the more transparent you are, the more you connect with people. Yeah. And I think that if that's the tenor of your music and your life, man, you are doing the right thing. And I just, I encourage you to do that. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Who, who are the, uh, who are the new artists that, uh, are really turning you on right now? Oh man. Um, again, you know, um, I could get in trouble, but I'll just, I'll just be honest. I'll just be honest. <laughs> you can. You're I allowed. listen to a lot of hipster music. Um, when it comes, <laughs> when it comes to what's, what's out there right now, there's not a whole lot that I, that I've grabbed onto recently. It's been a guy named sun kill moon. Who's oh been, yeah. Um, yeah. uh, you know, singer songwriter, just incredible, just vocal guitar, pretty crazy. I'm, I'm really into, I was shaped in the eighties. So I'm really into that kind of like the new wave vibe yeah. of synths and guitars. Oh together. yeah, man. I mean, Absolutely. I'm still a fan of public image limited. I listen to them a lot. I listen to a lot of Japan. I listen to a lot of the Smiths, nice Roxy music, you know, Morrissey. Um, yeah. But the new stuff, I, I tend to, I, I go out once in a while and I try to find what, what, what's interesting to me. There's a band called Beach House, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, man. Real good. And the name of the album's called Depression Cherry. I really love that album. Yeah. I, li- I listen to that album, and this is going to sound really ridiculous, but I listen to that album <laughs> when I'm riding around in my golf cart. Uh, <laughs> I just got a metal image. Oh, I love <laughs> yeah. it. I love I'm, I'm, it. I'm getting ready to sell the golf cart, though. Maybe I should talk about that on on, on air now. And try yeah, to sell you can it, but, t- um, auction it off on our podcast if you want. Yeah, to. there you go. <laughs> yeah. So in my neighborhood, it's it's next to a golf course. So you know, it's just kind of funny they're able to um, ride around in golf carts in this neighborhood, which is funny. So I got a really beat up old Disney golf cart and um, <laughs> it's got a bunch of crazy stickers on it. And it, you know, when people see it go by, they, they either have pity or, you know, they want to throw things at me, but it's, it's, a, it's great. I had a sound system put in there and I listened to my crazy music. Um, oh, so fun, man. Great. I'm, I'm inspired by guys, you know, like this new guy, sun kill moon. I mean, he's got some very, um, I would say some disturbing, uh, lyrical yeah. uh, content, yeah. but I mean, it's, but he's but he's saying it like he like it like it's it's the real deal and he's not cutting any corners it's kind of like he's jack kerouac you know what i mean or he's charles bukowski he's basically saying this is my life yeah for better yeah. for worse it's yeah. ugly but here it is you know what i mean and i think if more people kind of followed that they don't have to be as gratuitous but <clears throat> if they could follow it and, and do it in different ways i think that's an I say follow, I just mean like doing it yeah, that yeah. way where it's more yeah. exposed and, and raw and honest. I think we can get further down the road. I completely as a agree, man. Collective spirit. There's an, there's an ancient book of poetry that uh, you're probably familiar with called the Psalms that was a lot like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tried to write a song about perspective of that a couple of years back. I never released it. But yeah, I mean, it's like David was one of the first um, people that I really related to in the Bible, you know, because it's he's he's asking questions, you know. Yeah, he, he is. He's, he's admitting the fact that he's he's just he's a screw up, you know. Totally, and so, man. Yeah. Um, Killer. Dude. Yeah, we can all relate to that for sure. It's harder to relate to the person that's got it all um, 
together. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's the truth. <laughs> no, nobody yeah, likes that guy. Lie. Nobody yeah, yeah. likes that guy because it's like you're not being, you're not being honest. That guy's putting on a putting on a show. We were just we just interviewed Rob Bell and he was like, "Who likes to sit at the dinner party with the guy that was like, man, every shot I made went in, and then I kicked some ass, <laughs> yeah. and then I kicked some more ass, <laughs> yeah. and like, yeah, who wants to talk to that guy? No, yeah." But, well, I mean, that's, I mean, Rob Bell's a great example, but of, of somebody that's, that's on that path, but you know, everybody loves a good redemption story. Totally, you know I mean? man. It's like, so true. So the movies, I mean, Hollywood's filled with, you know, success stories about the, the redemption or the screw up story. And yeah. it's the same way in the Bible, man. I mean, obviously, um, God loved to deal with the screw ups, yeah. you know, totally, man. Totally the degenerates. Agree. Yes. Oh man! So I count myself in that group, which is which is great. Us too, man. <laughs> you're, you're in good company. You're, Us too. You're in great company. We'll, we'll hang out. We'll have a beer in that group. Yeah, absolutely. No, no doubt, man. Let's uh, let's take that on the road. You know. Well, this might this might be reaching Kevin, but I'd love to extend an offer to you. You know, one of the things I always picked up with you, just following you through the years, is you you have a lot to say, man, and you're good at saying it. And you know, you you self-deprecated a little on the interview, which is great because it's humble. But like you you have a lot to say, man. And if you ever want to get something out there, even if it's like a sound bite or a little commentary on something or a struggle, you've got a platform with us, man. We, we would love to love to, it. to air yeah. that stuff out with you. Yeah. Anytime. So when you got, so when you guys get, get up to about a hundred thousand viewers, I'll do that. <laughs> That'll be like maybe next, <laughs> next week. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Uh, we're not, we're not kinda, even close. We're kind of <laughs> heading, heading that way, but it might be a minute. See, but that's a, that's a whole discussion, right? Like yeah. there's so many people that like, oh, I'm not going to go hang out with them because they're not selling a million units. I mean, that's basically what the industry is like right now. I'm going to listen to this guy's show because he sells a million records, but yeah, right. I'm not going to go to that guy's show because man, you know, just bring up his sound scans. You'll know, you'll know how good he is. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's how you miss out on a really good band, you know? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I, I love what you guys are doing. I will, Thank I will you. return, return the compliment. I mean, I think you're both awesome. Thanks, Thank man. you. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to bump into each other at a show or, or something in the future. So hopefully we so, can shake hands and, and break and yeah, break bread yeah. and flesh and blood sometime, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. My porch is open to you anytime you want to uh, come. I'd love to, love to hang out. So thank you for the man. opportunity. Thanks yeah, so much. Thank you. All right, take care. All, All right, right, buddy. See you too, take buddy. care. Bye bye. So, um, <laughs> still can't believe that just happened. Yeah. I, I just appreciate, like, I really appreciate Kevin's honesty just in general, obviously with the original interview where we focused obviously mainly on, on his career. Mm. Um, but I really appreciated him taking the time. He's literally in the middle of moving his entire house Yeah, and he stepped out into his backyard, uh, because he, he told us like, Hey, hold off on this episode. Uh, give me a week. The news is going to come out. 
people are either going to love it or hate it, mm-hmm. but they're going to be talking about it. Absolutely. And I'll come back on your show. We'll go back in the studio and so sweet. record a, you know, just, you know, a few minutes of of just the inside scoop on what's going on with DC Talk here in 2016. Yeah, man. And he was super honest about it, man. So, so. honest. And the thing I loved when we closed this conversation out is just you know that that moment when, you know, everything in life is magic until you realize that it's just normal. Like, you know, every movie or every everything that gets produced or, you know, even politics, you know, whatever. There's As soon as you get that peek behind the curtain and it demystifies things, you know, like an epic band like DC Talk, this epic, big, huge thing that a lot of us, you know, raised in Christianity in our childhood, it's like it doesn't get any bigger than that. And then you spend an hour having a conversation with this guy and you feel like you're just at a bar like with a friend and you just realize just how every one of us is just in flesh and blood and in skin and bones and in doubts and anxieties and in all kinds of weirdness. Yeah. And he just did a great job of just being so normal. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but like, we're all just people, man. And yeah. we put the celebrity culture on the celebrities. Absolutely. We really do. This weird worshipful thing that contributes to all kinds of identity issues throughout our culture. And it's just so cool to get to talk to some of these people and realize that it's just normal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Like we said in the uh, introduction, uh, if you like any of the music, check it out. It'll be in the show notes. And uh, we just appreciate you guys listening. As always, if you want to donate, you can go to our website under the donate tab. Um, Check us out on all the social media. We're on all of the social medias. And uh, of course, we'll have our Patreon campaign up shortly and you guys can help uh, support us and a couple trips that we have planned in the very near future for some even cooler guests that um, we can't quite reveal yet. Yeah. Thank you guys all so much. We love doing this. We love that you've chosen to be a part of this with us. And we love that we know that we have got just a vault full of unbelievable conversations. <laughs> we take this journey very, very seriously. We know that it's um, ups and downs for everybody out there listening to this, but we want you to know that we're having a blast doing it too. Yeah. And we thank you so much for allowing us to create this space and, and joining us. I think here. we created a new hashtag too, right? So <laughs> Summer of DC, the Power Women. <laughs> Summer of the Power Women. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you guys aren't even ready for I thought you meant DC Talk Blocked. Oh, that too. <laughs> we're, on a, we're, on a, we're on a roll right we now. We got some hashtags. Yeah. That like maybe four or five people have actually reused. It's fantastic. <laughs> I know. I thought we're, that would trick off a little better than it did. That's awesome. We love you guys so much. And uh, for now, we are the Deconstructionists. I'm Adam Narlock. And I'm John Williamson. Surrender in my
sides It's a deadly situation The girl with the tiger eyes Yeah, it's the call of the wild in me Through all these desperate heights It's a guilty combination The girl with the tiger eyes Slide on down through town Pulsing chaos shifts the box We rocket past those vacant spots Bitter in the sky so raw When in her web you cross the miles Her gaze it burns through blackest holes By her side with breathless style It's the call of the wild in you And all the desperate lies I'm tranquilized all night By the girl with the tiger eyes Yeah, it's the call of the wild in me The surrender in my sides It's a deadly situation The girl with the tiger eyes The girl with the tiger eyes. The girl with the tiger eyes. 